Hey Hope family, welcome back to another Hope Daily. It's been another great week and sure to be a great weekend. So we look forward to seeing you on Sunday as we gather for worship. Together on Mondays and Fridays, we've been looking at attributes of God using A.W. Tozer's The Knowledge of the Holy as our guide. Today we'll continue by looking at the eternal or everlasting nature of God. Much like God's self-existence, self-sufficiency, and his triune existence, his eternality is quite foreign to us. Everything we know in life has a beginning and an ending. All of our language is time-oriented, but our God is not. As we saw while talking about the self-existence of God, Genesis 1 says, In the beginning, God. God was already there. God has no beginning, yet in him everything finds its beginning. Paul, Peter, and John all talk about God and Christ having set forth the plans of salvation and redemption before the foundations of the world. God, in Trinity, has always been and will forever be. In his old age, Moses wrote a psalm, we know it as Psalm 90, and in the psalm Moses focuses a great deal on the eternality of God. In verse 2 of Psalm 90, Moses says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or for, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Tozer points out that, truer to the original language, everlasting to everlasting could be translated from vanishing point to vanishing point. He continues saying, The mind looks backward in time till the dim past vanishes then turns and looks into the future till thought and imagination collapse from exhaustion. And God is at both points, unaffected by either. God, unaffected by time. How nice. We, however, are slaves to time. Our bodies, our minds, our schedules, all slaves to time. Yet there is something deep in us that knows it shouldn't be. There is nothing more natural to us than aging and eventual death. Yet both are deeply painful experiences. We long for a time where death will be no more. None of us like change or long for death. And this, I believe, is a taste of the divine in our souls. As C.S. Lewis once said, If you find in yourself a longing this world cannot satisfy, the most probable explanation is that you were made for another world. Another world indeed, or perhaps even better, this world, redeemed and restored. God's eternality can be hard to grasp and fully understand. There are, as Moses pointed out, vanishing points. We can only think so far back. We can only see so far forward. God, however, merely is. The thought is not only difficult to grasp, but it can be paralyzing. I have a friend who cannot think about eternity with God, as delightful as it's going to be, because the idea of forever is panic-inducing. Complex, confusing, and for some, even chaotic. Yet Tozer points out two practical meanings when it pertains to the eternity of God. Quoting from him, Since God is eternal, he can be, and continue forever to be, the one safe home for his time-driven children. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Psalm 90, verse 1. 
The second thought is less comforting. God's eternity is so long and our years on earth are so few. How shall we establish the work of our hands? How shall we escape the abrasive action of events that would wear us out and destroy us? God fills and dominates the psalm, so it is to him that Moses makes his plaintive appeal. So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. May the knowledge of thy eternity not be wasted on me. When Moses focuses on the eternity of God, he is humbled. This humility teaches him that there is no time to waste. Teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. It can be sobering to think of our flesh's mortality, but doing so can spur us to love and good works, actions that will reverberate into all eternity.